This is a Lucy Couplet Show with James Hickey and Derek Martin, where we talk about software architecture and design. In this episode, James and I talk about our personal experiences in various projects and domains. Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, the idea you had, like, I guess we could just run through some of the, probably like the major projects that we've worked on in the past. I suspect you probably have more stories than I do. I, I don't know, but, maybe not. It's just, I mean, the the reason I thought of it too was because, and I've been trying to do this more on YouTube, on my YouTube channel too, is even on my blog, is that I feel like some of the, the not war stories, but like those stories about just projects, the domains you've been in, yeah. Um, how they worked, how they're similar to other domains. Um, I don't feel like that ever gets talked about. The only place I ever hear those types of things at, um, well, one of them was at the Explore TDD conference. And which makes sense. <laughs> I guess that's why it would, like a lot of those talks were probably happened there is because probably the, kind of shared sense of that's needed but yeah. in the whole of the industry it's not like you read about this stuff on you know I mean people's blogs or medium or dev too it's like you just i don't i feel like it's not really talked about a lot and i think in my experience i guess in the stuff that i work on um i think the the benefits i've had of being in one domain and correlate or trying to transfer some knowledge on how it works in other places in other domains has been to me invaluable yeah. like it's i don't know i think that's probably one of the best things that i think that has ever happened in my career is just being in different domains and seeing different things and then coming to one that i'm completely new in and thinking okay well that one did it like this yeah why does that do it like this is there some reason or and then just understanding I guess how they relate a little bit and how they do things differently. But I would say that they definitely relate fundamentally more than they're, you know I mean, different. Yeah. I mean, all companies run them. Like even in what I'm in now, I'm in transportation now. Yes. All companies operate differently ish. Yeah. We always say like, we always got to make their, our software. So it's, can be run because everybody does it a little bit different. Like they all have this little tiny bit of difference on how they do things, but fundamentally they're all doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just thought it was an interesting idea. I don't, I can't, I'll let you fire away with pro what do you think is the, <laughs> I don't know, is the most interesting or maybe you, you got from the most, like, what do you think is the project or domain or problem space that you worked on that you, is the most memorable, I guess. That, I, like, if you were to ask me if there was one project where I, like, was stretched the most, or I learned the most overall, that definitely, there's, like, there's one, right? There's a big one that I think really kind of propelled me in a sense but it it you know and we can get into like what what that was but you know i wouldn't say like after that pro like my competency 
after that project was still not, you know, not anywhere near where, where I'm at now. But, um, yeah, so I think, I think they're, like, probably relating to, like, careers in general. Um, my, my experience, and this is probably not the experience of everyone, my experience is I... And it, maybe this is be, because I've worked on product teams and I've also worked on um, uh, professional services, so like building smaller projects for third parties. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I've, I've had instances where it's like I've been given this new big project to kind of work on or lead or, or whatever, right? So um, that was really like, a challenge I guess right where I, I can see maybe if you if you stick with like a product kind of team especially if it's like a developed stable product I guess maybe then I can see maybe that opportunity not happening right um, unless maybe you s switch companies or whatever so I mean, yeah. As far as like domains go, I've I've first job I had was <clears throat> was doing uh, this enterprise in quotes enterprise <laughs> software um, in the automotive sector, uh, and this was this was doing a lot of like uh, financial stuff for automotive manufacturers. So the just was was like um, kind of their their uh, their biggest benefit I guess or their biggest feature whatever you want to call it was kind of the for use case I guess that they solved was let's say you're you're a franchise owner and you you own like a Kia dealership and you own a Honda dealership and a Ford dealership and what maybe more right so and that's usually the way it is in the industry you have like one company or one person who owns multiple different brands dealerships um, so there's a problem in those how how do you compare the financials from a Ford dealership and compare that with like a Kia dealership Be because it like in the actual industry the, f the way Ford does its financials and accounting is different than how Kia might do them so they, which basically ultimately it comes down to like account codes. So Ford's accounting for like vehicles sold or like trucks sold for the year might might have like a corresponding code for Kia. So you could literally be like, let's just meh, let's just compare trucks sold. Um, but a lot of times it, it wasn't that simple. It was like Ford had a bucket of like these categories you know trucks and cars and compact and whatever falls under this account code and the kia might have that bucket that same bucket split up into like a bunch of other individual codes so then this software had to like somehow you know match be intelligent enough to, to match those that was really like the core of the the whole thing like that was really like this is a huge, huge system, but really that was that was like the main thing it did. Um, so yeah, I mean the way that worked was basically they 
they inserted this intermediate library, so to speak, which was basically like uh, generic accounting codes. Um, so they basically just they took like the lo the lowest common denominator of all the codes for all the companies. The way they could do this is because on staff they had they had lots of people who like worked in the industry. They had people who had worked at all these dealerships and so like subject matter experts. Um, so these people knew what the accounting codes were and, and then they would work with the brands to, to figure that out too. So yeah, I mean, they basically just like had these codes that were lowest common denominator and then, and then you could kind of map, right? Okay, all these codes map to Ford's version, and then these map to Kia's version, and then just yeah, run some run some calculations to to figure out you know how do you compare this this to that. Um, so That's yeah, I mean that that was very very interesting, and I've seen that in other in other industries too. Which That's what I mean. It's like same. they all they're <laughs> the same, but they're different. It's like they all like there's yeah, there's nuanced differences. And then, yeah, that's just an interesting problem space. I, I, I never necessarily would have thought about that because, yeah, for sure, even around here, I think about, yeah, it's like a few people own essentially all the dealerships. <laughs> it's like, you know, what I mean, it's yeah, like a exactly. handful of people own all of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, the yeah. the one that. I is been the most enlightening, I guess, to me is I was working on a project for manufacturing specifically uh, to distill it down a little bit in my area here around automotive. It's a lot of um, tool shops. So they're making the tools or they're making dies and the are all, um, I really don't know what to classify this as. I don't even know if it necessarily has a, a, a term, but I'll call them like the, are there it's project work basically. So you kind of the process is you have a GM, Ford, Chrysler, whoever it is, Honda, it could be outside of manufacturing. This is applicable or outside of, uh, auto, this could be applicable. So. You have somebody that needs something made. They basically give you a, I, it's not even a, it could be a drawing on a napkin almost, or like a f ridiculous picture that basically somebody has got to estimate um, how much it's going to cost to basically build a tool for it. And then you got all these bids. So basically you bid on something then if you get the work, then it goes through this whole work process, um, like operationally to actually make that tool or whatever it is that you're making. There's a lot of revisions in that. It's not just like you get a spec and you make a thing. It's you get something to start with essentially. And then there's a lot of iterations. So if you're in software and you're working and you're thinking this sounds familiar, I'll keep going. So you have a lot of iterations. You have a lot of change. They call them change orders generally. Uh, and then you have tryouts, which are basically whoever purchased the tool literally tries it 
to see if it's meeting whatever specifications you want to in terms of defects and how often defects are occurring, blah, blah, blah. So then you go through more iterations and then till final kind of delivery type thing. Now, that in and of itself is like project work. You could say that is software project work. You get some idea of something of what you're going to build, some requirements of like feature set of what it's going to be. You bid on it, some RFP of some sort. If you get that work, you probably spec it out to some degree. You have a lot of change requests through the thing. If you're doing some iterative development, like it's exactly the same thing. It's literally exactly the same thing. <laughs> Yet nobody seemingly recognizes that that exists between uh, software. This exists in when you're in automotive tooling. This exists in so many other industries. I can give up. Uh, I'll give you another one is um, like custom home construction. It's exactly the same way. There's all kinds of other industries that fundamentally boil down to the same concept of project work where you are bidding on something and you have a pile of change orders. Some, some companies or industries um, works purely on to make money off the change orders. So that the bid on something without even caring whether they're going to be like that accurate in the quote or not of what it's actually going to cost. Cause they know once they do get the work, there'll be so many changes and that they'll be able to build a customer or charge the customer exponentially because of all the changes, hmm. um, which is crazy, but which also happens in the software industry and too. professional services. Again, yeah. I've seen. Yep. <laughs> Same thing with homes. Like my brother-in-law's in, in the home and I talked to him about this and comparing it and it can be similar. They don't have the changes like this. They have more allowances. They do it a little bit differently, but you could take, if you talk to somebody in that industry, you'd be like, oh, why don't we do that in this industry? It's another topic, but um, <laughs> yeah, I just cross pollination of, of industries. I'm, I'm assuming, I don't understand why it doesn't happen that much of stealing ideas on how stuff works. We always compare it to automotive, which is insane. Uh, when there's so many other industries that are very, very similar in how they work that we don't even look at seemingly. Um, but the one thing that I learned, uh, um, I, I don't know, I, I just, I, I picked, I, th I thought was really interesting about it is, and I had a blog post about this a long time ago. And I think this is the comment I'm about to make is, and I might've made this similar in one of our things before is that, and I got to be very clear on how I'm saying this, because I think people are going to be very, if I'm not clear about this, will think I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> is I think software people that are really into software and writing software, I see this comment all the time is like, don't bring me solutions, bring me problems. I'm a problem solver, right? Let's like, we are... I agree with you. You should be immersed in the domain. You should understand the domain so that you can solve problems for the domain writing software. Agree with you. But, huge but here, to think that you are the domain expert or that you are the problem solver, you're just one of the problem solvers. Um, and I... I get this feeling a lot of times when I see some of these comments is like, 
that people think there's some sort of like domain wizards here of like that they've been in the industry for so long that they understand how these things really work. Um, and I think on the surface, sometimes it's really easy to see a solution, but it's not the solution at all. Um, and I think you really need to dig in with people in the, in the industry, like what you're trying to solve and really go deep to figure out what the problem is. So I'm going to give you an example is, um, and this happens for any project work that I was describing any industry. This is probably the case. If they're really busy and you have to quote or bid a lot on work. So if you're in the, and you're in the business of you're getting proposals and you got to basically bid on proposals or on uh, RFQs and you got to bid on these things. If at any given point in time, you have somebody tell you, well, you know what we, in order to gain, get more revenue, get more work, we need to be able to be faster at bidding. I can tell you right now, that is not actually the problem. The problem isn't bidding faster, right? The, the, it, but in, you could build a solution to make it easier to bid, right? Make it faster to bid so you can get more bids. It's like, well, we can't throw enough hooks, you know what I mean, with worms out. We want to, we want to throw more, we want to throw a net out so we can get more work. What if that's not the problem? What if the problem actually was that you're losing money on some jobs and you should try to be making money on all your jobs? What if you're bidding on work that you never win? Right? Like why wouldn't you rather the work that you are doing that you are getting like that, that you are winning, trying to maximize the margins on those rather than trying to get the onesie twosies and losing money on some and making money on some and just optimizing the work that you're actually working on. But it'd be very easy on the surface to say, oh no, we let's create a net because we need to get more work. It's a strategy, yeah. but is that really the problem is that you can't bid fast enough? Not only is it that you can't bid fast enough, I would be curious to know if people are listening to this that are in um, having to estimate. Have you ever estimated work knowing what you estimated prior work that was similar? Now you may say like in software, oh, nothing's similar. Well, actually a lot of stuff is similar. We just want to think everything's unique for one. And, but in other industries, a lot of things are very similar. But you'd also be shocked to know that there is no feedback loop between a lot in a lot of places of what the stuff you did. So if I, if I bid on project a and I get it, I work on that project and we end up with a say 5% margin. If I bid on a year later, almost the exact same project. And I have no idea that I did that project a year ago. Am I, would I bid different if I did know about it? Most, most places don't know. Yeah. They know by the people that are bidding, they know by the like actual what's in the heads of the historical stuff of what people know, which is exactly what most people in software do. They're, they're, <laughs> they're estimating purely off of their own experience on what projects do, not empirically on how something went. Right. Yeah. So a lot of that stuff that I, in that domain is like, oh, this is like, this is everywhere. 
Um, and it made me think about how problems on the surface and what the solutions are. Um, yeah, a lot of times I think you got to go a lot deeper than what the what you think the solu- the easy solution is that may be really apparent. It's not really the root to what the problem is. Yeah, there's... So like we were talking about, I started a new job three weeks ago or so. And I was brought in to... Um, a discussion about just some like uh, that basically that like here's a list of issues that potentially are seemingly unrelated and we could build features to like you know like this build a feature for that build a feature for that oh build another feature for that um but they so they had taken the time to actually like think more holistically about about the the problems and try to think about like one solution that addresses all of it kind of together and so that <clears throat> which is not typical which i think every software developer knows what i described the first thing I described is like 99, but 99% of companies <laughs> do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you end up getting like a really fragmented product and you, yeah, we, I think everybody knows what that's like. Um, so yeah, that was interesting to see. And I, I think, yeah. Um, so this, this kind of dovetails with kind of what you're saying about how the industry you're in there are a lot of the, the industries with project management like um workflows i guess whatever yeah. you want to call them um you can just take what we're doing in software and kind of apply it on top so to speak there are a lot of the the problems that have already been solved in relatively yeah i mean they're just they're different right yeah. like they they do them differently i guess in other yeah in other ways so so like so now the product that I'm work, working on now is part, part of that is a whole change change management. That's kind of like a whole main piece of, of this, the product. So if you have, you know, pe- people who want to change a thing, then they have to go th- through a draft, add stuff, delete stuff, whatever. And then once they're ready for that to be like submitted for approval, um, then they get to see kind of the difference between the two states. So like, here's what, here's what it was before you change it. And here's what it is when you did change it. And then that needs to be approved by somebody. And then that gets applied to kind of the, the master, so to speak. And then every, everybody sees that, which is basically Git. It's I was gonna say. Yep. <laughs> so, so it's really it's really neat because this piece of the product is pretty much like GitHub, but it's like all those concepts applied to a whole other product, a whole other industry. Um, 
So it's really neat. And what I was talking about with kind of the having those list of problems and then having one solution to to address those. Um, the the solution was really a lot of issues around like collaboration and things like that. The uh, yeah, there's just a solution where it's like this is this is GitHub. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is GitHub, but no, that, like, that's in, that's cool though. A different industry. Yeah, it's it, you can see the translation of how one, yeah, industry is using something in a particular way, and you can just see how it transfers. Yeah, in its usage somewhere else. It's like just just like an example, right? Like think of think of like the you know you're you're an because I. One of one of those big that big project I had mentioned that kind of had the most effect in my career was in the insurance life insurance industry, um, and that's kind of a common industry I think to bring up in like software development conversations. Um, yeah, I mean, imagine you're like the you you are kind of part of that process of approving a uh, insurance policy, and yeah, there's. It can get really complicated, right? So it's like how how old you are affects whether you smoke, your gender, um, where you live, uh, past medical issues that you've had. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's just a ton of things that it's like if you're between the age of eighteen and twenty five, then you'd like take this whole other like route to do the process, and then if you're over 30 to 40 then it's like a whole other set of rules that you have to follow right so it gets complicated so what kind of what the product does is it helps you manage all those like manual process like human processes um so like in some industries those processes might change a lot so how like how do you manage that well, it's just like software. You have software that, you know, the code base changes a lot. How do, how do you manage that? Well, it's like the collaborative part of that is using Git and then doing pull requests, being able to, like, review changes and Sounds GIFs, familiar. Which I've already described, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, literally, it's the, it's the exact same thing, but it's, like, applied to how a business does their like pro- their the process back end processes their back office processes whatever you want to call it. So, it's uh, yeah, and it's it's. And again, it's like it's not. It's not what you're like what you were saying like oh we think we're software developers and we're. Problem solvers and we know how to fix things like. These these are these are these are solutions that have been um, collaborated on so to speak you know collaborated with people in the in the industries right like it's not let's just make stuff up right it's hey like here's here's a solution what do you think like how would this affect your business but yeah i just i mean mean, i i i feel like i need to clarify myself of like the whole we're prom (laughs) i'm with that notion don't get me wrong it's just i think that without having really deep domain knowledge you're not going to get to the root cause of the problem by yourself and i'm i'm i think a lot of people obviously advocate that like i've been saying be immersed in it be talking to the right people to really get to what the problem is but I think just 
at a superficial level, you won't be solving what the problem. You're you're band-aiding the problem. I feel like I've seen enough yeah. of it now over and over again where it's band-aids, not root cause fixes. And maybe yeah. maybe root cause fixes don't need to be there all the time. But when you're trying to develop a solution as a competitive advantage, like and you think your competitive advantage is yeah, I mean, one thing or like eliminating this barrier by doing this one thing is going to be the be all yeah. end all. I just don't know as a developer, especially if you're in an industry or your domain that you don't really know it that well, um, or maybe you think you do, that you're you're really getting the the full picture to really know really what the problem is. I think. I suspect developers who have actually worked alongside either customers or with like in tandem with people who are working with the customers and who are saying, I have this problem because customers can't do this thing or whatever, right? Like it's yeah, it's like if you if you don't dig deep into those conversations and you're not asking lots of questions, then like you said, it's just, it's just going to be a feature factory. Right? Pretty much. Yeah. Every, every time there's a problem, you're just going to make a feature to fix that problem. And it's like, there, like you said, yeah, it, there, there could be just this whole other root cause. And that's just a symptom. Pretty much. Some yeah. Other, some other issue, which may not even be technology. Like that's, the solution may be yeah. your sales your salespeople need to pitch differently or or it, your onboarding process with customers, you just need to like tell them up front this is how it's gonna be and Yeah, I think you know, I th yeah, I think there's like, like magnitude of yeah, things or reasons. I think it's just that collaboration and trying to yeah dig deeper um and when i've been at conferences or um user groups i always ask that question when i like when i'm talking to people kind of after the fact is i always ask people like how much do you like really get to talk to people about the stuff that you're working on or whatever and and the majority are always like never yeah, I'm like I don't know how any of this is ever, how anybody's supposed to be writing like really useful software if you have no idea what the hell the problem is. Like yeah. if you if it's... you vaguely know what the problem is, like you know what I mean. Like I I don't I feel like this is kind of one yeah. of those things that like things like domain driven design and collaboration and and you know I mean and being immersed in the domain and it's like clearly that didn't. Um, really happen or really kick things <laughs> off to a certain degree? Like, I know there's a lot of people interested the, in it, but... too big, that's why. Well, not even the that. The book has too many technical I things. I don't even mean the book necessarily. Just this idea of if you're in... <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're writing kind of line of business yeah. type work, bigger systems, not even necessarily bigger systems, I guess, but things that... Um, are really at the core, the heart of what a company does. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, like I think the best way you put it is like, I don't know if you call it a feature factory, but that's kind of what it is. It's like there's other people deciding what these things should be when it needs to be a mutual thing between, I mean, people writing the software and the, and people in the domain that are running the business, not this segregation. And I feel like when I, that's actually the best way to put this is that I feel like the, what I said earlier of like, Hey, we're problem solvers. I feel like there's, Hey, we're problem solvers, but don't talk to me too much. Just tell me what your problems are. I don't want to know anything else. Like give me one liners and I'll fix it. It's like, no, that's yeah. not how this works. That's maybe a better way of describing it. It's like, Hey, <laughs> let me fix your problems. But I really don't really want to know that much about what the problems are. It's like, no, it doesn't work that yeah. way. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it doesn't work that way. I don't actually want to take the two weeks of job shadowing you to figure out <laughs> yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Or talking to like a hundred people to figure out, yeah, what are all the actual nuances of the flow of, of something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it makes me think of, of kind of the jobs that I've had, which I can run through really quickly now. Like my, like I mentioned the first one with the automotive financial stuff. Like most of the features, I'll call them features, like I wasn't a part of that. But like the features were being determined by like work through with people who were like seasoned in the industry and they knew what they knew what needed to be done. So, yeah, you know, we, we would every cycle or whatever, which was two months or whatever the number was agile like, I guess. Um, we'd get, you know, requirements, I guess, per feature. But then, I, you know, they had they had the names of the like subject matter experts who were a part of deciding what that was going to be. So I could literally walk over in the office, like you know, or set up an appointment, whatever, but set up a meeting and literally sit down and talk with like this person who's been in the industry for like 30 years. Should I do this or should I do that? Or what, you know, what does this do? Why is that? Um, and there, yeah, there are some times where, where I literally was doing like data importing for um, like an a, a accounting, like p accountants um in the industry and like literally having to sit with them for like two three hours at a time to just like get me to understand what they like the really basics of what they want me to do right so it's like i remember doing that and then in, in the next big project was the insurance one that i'd mentioned um yeah and i mean that that they're very detailed requirements of like, here's like, I, like I'd already mentioned, like, here's how you calculate the policies and the numbers and everything. Like, um, I think that was more cut and dry just because they had already like figured everything out. Right. It's like, you fill this stuff out. You can't do this before that. Like very well done. Um, but, but yeah, quite, like I did have access to ask, people in the insurance company like questions about things and that opportunity was there um yeah and the last company i was in i 
I did not have nothing, like not, nothing close to, to those, um, which I would describe as the feature factory for sure. And um, yeah, it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference as far as, uh, I guess, just like knowing the right things are being worked on, I think is maybe, maybe what it is. How do you think, because um, you mentioned like accounting, I always felt like uh, a big change for me too was, and I, I would love to give credit who, to whoever I heard this from, um, made the statement of like, follow the money. And once I actually understood that in any system that I was working in is follow the money from beginning to end, especially at the end. And also once I understood accounting, because uh, I worked at an accounting system, is everything else at that point seemingly became more clear on how systems work uh, yeah. and following the money and like the the process of like Was that in context of like event storming, maybe, or like it, uh, it could have been um, like that kind of? Yeah, there's another one. I forget what it's called. That that uh, very well value. Mapping value stream mapping like yeah i don't know where who or what yeah. but i've heard that idea before of like probably in the event yeah. storming or event at least trying to map that out is i yeah it's following the money and it's it's to me that's yeah, dead money like that makes a ton of sense because you can yeah. you can you can follow the whole process that way and then as well as i think about um even the project where i'm working on now we don't deal with accounting directly, but I do a lot of the integrations with accounting systems to move data to the accounting systems. And it, oh, like right from the beginning, it made sense to me because I, you're, how you're tracking certain costs, how you're tracking revenue, what accounts are going to go into, how people would break these things down. And they all do it a little bit differently, but um, without knowing accounting, I, it the, it would have seen a little bit more foreign to me. It maybe wouldn't have been as clear or made as much sense. So I do think that if I were to give any advice to anybody, it would be understand, follow the money, understand accounting, understand from the yeah. very beginning to the very end. Uh, and that I'm a little, I'm probably biased on this because, um, yeah, I've said this before in different places that, one mentor that I had at one point was an accountant, whether he knew it was my mentor or not, I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> he was an accountant. I learned so much, um, from an accountant in software and I wasn't even working on account accounting software at that time. So yeah. I don't know. I think accounting is, um, for me and the systems I've worked in now, it's like in hindsight, it's like, Oh yeah, that's like super beneficial. It is. And like, I can give I can give my own example like the system that I worked on previously was like uh, kind of their main thing they did a lot of different things but their their core was like booking time off booking vacation which yeah I mean you know if you're doing like the typical relational kind of uh, 
approach to that. You know, it can get pretty messy, hard to understand what's going on. Um, and this, now this, this kind of goes into like event sourcing, but it really, it's accounting, right? So it's, it's like that idea of, um, like if I send you money, if I send you a thousand dollars and I actually meant to send 500, the bank will return the thousand dollars and then I will send 500. Yep. You won't, you won't return the difference to me. Correct. Yeah. Um, and so there's like concepts like that, right? Or it's like append only, um, also, um, so I mean, you just, yeah, you apply that to instead of money, it's just like hours and, you know, each account, if you want to call it that, which would just correspond to like a kind of time off that you can have, like vacation or appointments or whatever, <clears throat> you, you cap them. Um... I mean, really, at its fundamental level, like, that's basically what you need to do, right? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, and then that gets into whole other things, like, if you do take that approach, it makes forecasting and things like that a lot easier. Um, I mean, auditing for free, like just all those kinds of things, right? Which is, again, that is an accounting concept kind of applied to, to software with event sourcing kind of being the implementation. But yeah, I remember, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting how, how that works. I remember talk, explaining event sourcing to that accountant that I'm referring to. And after going on for like 20 minutes, about it he looked at me and said like you're just figuring this out <laughs> he's like why isn't all software written this way i'm like i don't know but this is coming from an accountant <laughs> and this yeah. is how they work so it would he but he was kind of like yeah like what are you talking about like this is like normal to me and i was like oh yeah, yeah i guess that's true yeah <laughs> so it's like let me let me take the way they would do it on paper it's like we have we have to use relational tables and we have to normalize everything. And the accountant's like, just just store the yeah, thing just, you did. Yeah, and just <laughs> add it all up together and there's yeah, your net. Funny. There it's you funny. go. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how that works. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like it, conversations that I had with him over accounting um over some of the just yeah how that money flows and understanding how the money flows um that's made a big impact i think for sure um and like i said it's one of the things that i i don't know how to i keep saying i'm going to do more of it and i need to um on on some of those kind of some of those topics i just don't know how to uh i got to figure out how to present it in a way because yeah, I'm, I'm still not sure. Yeah, I still got to distill that in my my tiny brain about how, <laughs> how I could present some of these ideas that I think are applicable to a lot of different um, 
domains people are working in. It just, it's, they're not exactly the same. You got to like understand a little bit and then like overlay it into what you're working in. Yeah. So 